So there was there was two times, right? There was one time that God told Moses, right? He told Moses, speak to the rock, and then water would come out of it, right? That's what he said to Moses. Now, after Moses, he gains the people of Israel, he he, you know, gets all of them together, and he's like, Listen here, you tyrants. Do I always have to do this for you guys? And then he strikes the rock. And then he strikes the rock again. And then water comes out, right? So everybody gets, you know, everybody gets their water. Nobody's thirsty no more. But then God's like, yo, like you guys will no longer be in the promised land because you didn't display my holiness to the people because you struck the rock when I told you to speak to it. And then next time, mm. and then it's like, interesting, like, like God got, you know, he got, he got, got angry at that. And you see like, you know, Moses striking the rock. It kind of shows like this desperation. Like he hit it twice. Like, would you have to do something twice if God told you to do it? You know, like God just said, speak to it, but he struck it twice. And then God gets mad at that. I'm like, why is, why is God getting mad at it? Like water came out, but it's like, he didn't do it the way he wanted him to do it. He struck it twice. Then like, again, showing a kind of desperation, almost like a, like he, it's like Moses. Oh, you know, he also said, Moses also said like, do I have to do all this for you guys? Meaning like he was trying to get the glory of getting the water out. And he also didn't do it the way God told him to do it. So it's like taking this glory that like, he's the one bringing the water to them and also not doing it the way God told him to do. It's just like interesting, you know, like it just goes to show like when God says like a specific thing, you know, we try to do it our own way. Like, oh, God, I'm still doing it, but I'm doing it a different way. That's still disobedience. Right. It's like you didn't do it the way God wanted you to do, but you still did it. You're like, oh, God, I did it, though. Like water came out, but you didn't do it the way God wanted you to do it. So that's, you know, even though you still did it, that's, that, that's disobedience because you didn't really follow what he said. Yeah, I. Yeah, just welcome back to. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Da daily lessons with Lewis and what yeah, he learned just, from just, reading his Bible today. Yeah, it's just you know reading the Bible. You know, it's an interesting numbers. It's an interesting book. You know, just like got to got to do how you, how God said it, or else you know it's like that's just. I, I I know for a fact somebody listening. Nope. Oh. oh. Checked to see if they accidentally started the episode halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> they're like wait yeah yeah did this episode start halfway through is there an edit mistake no that's just lewis being lewis but what's up everybody welcome back to the in the, in fire, the fire podcast, podcast. we appreciate in you guys podcast. tuning in whether you're listening on spotify, spotify tunes or... Sorry. we appreciate you if you're listening on spotify tunes or watching us on youtube we, we love you so much welcome back to yet another episode yes welcome back to the yes. um don't forget the patreon is down below it is a beautiful community that we are building together where you guys can join. We can talk. We can pray with each other. Fire groups where we connect and do some Bible study online. It is a fire time in, the, in the fire Patreon. Check it out. And also appreciate you that are already in there. Yes, sir. We love, we love you. you. Thank love you guys you. for the support. But today we've got a fire topic. Today we have a fire topic. Because everything about in the fire is fire. Sorry. And um, <laughs> today we are talking about family, family with unbelievers, like family, having a family. How do we deal with somebody in our family that is unsaved, doesn't or, know Jesus? How do we deal with having a family that is unsaved and mm. you're the only one in there? Oh, oh, stuff. Good stuff. It's a very tough situation. It is tough because like you, you see them and you see how they, you know, manage situations. You see how they speak, how they do, how they act, all the mm. things that they do. And you're just like, man, if you had Jesus in your life, you wouldn't be doing the things Bro. you'd be. Uh, come on. <laughs> it's just like you have all right, that. All right. we, we've all had that moment where, where a friend is going through it 
and they're talking to you and they're like, yo, I'm yep. going through this. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know why this is happening to me. And the whole time you're just thinking, yo, I know exactly why this is happening to you and I know exactly how to fix it, but I can't directly say it because you don't love Jesus. And so you're just going to run away if I say, yo, find Jesus. Literally. And so you try to sugarcoat it. You're like, well, yep. um, I mean, you know, you know if you just maybe do if this you just do this little differently. You know, maybe do this. They're like, no, I would never do that. But it's like, oh, but like, you know. And then you're like, well. That's what you should do. And I mean, Jesus. And then the conversation just stops. And then just conversation they, they, they stops. And they're like, ah, the Jesus uh, boy. Ay, ay, ay. What uh, are we going to yeah, do yeah. with this Why guy? Why don't I ever talk to you? You always just say the same thing. And then you're just like, oh, all right. My yeah, bad. Well, I'm well, sorry. So you always say the same thing. It's like, well, because there's the, he's the I'm same sorry. answer. He's always going to be the answer. And then next week they come back and tell you the same issue. And you're like, dude, yep. do I have to give you the same answer? But yeah, that that's uh, that's what tends to happen. Yeah. And, and it's hard. You know, it's yeah. hard because... And I think, you know what? I think it's even harder because, again, you live with your family. Yep. So, you know, you see people, you see your friends, you know, you see them for a few hours and everything. But, like, when you live with people and then there's the pet peeves Mm -hmm. and then there's the little things that bug you like crazy. And then there's just everything else that involves around living with somebody. It's just like. It can be tough, man. It's just like yeah. a different thing. It's a different, different thing. And something, you know, that I know is, I think it's a situation for many people is like, we, we, when you, you know, you first meet Jesus and you experience the church, you experience the love, the friendships, the mm. truth, the peace, all this good stuff, you experience it and you love it. And then you get so caught up in, in the church, so caught up in your, in your, in your, you know, your Christian friends, the friends you have the pastor, the the everything, you get so caught up in it, we tend to kind of either push aside or forget our family. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's especially if you're in this situation, I say, and I speak out of experience, mm. like you just, you're just so amazed, right? Not mm. blinded, but like just amazed by yeah. everything, all the goodness that comes from church, the goodness mm. of everything, the things God has done for you, he's freed you from, the joy he's given you, the life he's given you, yeah. and you're just so amazed by it. And then you think about your family and you're just like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay here. I want to stay here. I love this. But there it's like, you know, of course I'll be nice and everything. I'll be trying to be nice, but I'm not going to worry about too much. But then I get the verse where it's like, that verse that says if somebody, if if a man like neglects their family, like they're worse than an unbeliever, you know? And of course, like that's talking more about like providing for their family. But what greater provision is there Mm. than God? You know? Oh, amen. You know what I mean? Amen. So it's like, and, and again, that can sound harsh. You know, it can sound very harsh. And the thing is, I get it because there's so many complicated family situations that I just, I would never be able to, to say all of them. Yeah. You know, complicated, you know, relationships with like you know, a father or a mother or a sibling, you know, it's just, it's just difficult. There's, you know, maybe you've mm-hmm. never had a relationship with them. Maybe it's just always been toxic. Maybe, you know, you, if you, when you go home, it's a whole different world than at the church. And so you don't want to go home. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be there. You'd rather be away from home. It's just so many difficult, difficult situations that, again, I could not name every single one of them. But like I said, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of overused, this whole, like, embrace uncomfortability, you know, never be comfortable. But it, when it comes to this, it's not even more just uncomfortability. It's, it's weird, yeah, it can, it can be weird, man. Like you know, trying to talk to your family and like, a lot of us don't want to 
get into the the deepness with our with our with our parents with our siblings because you know if you're if you're gonna try to talk about Jesus to them mm. that takes confidence you know it takes a lot of confidence and it can be weird it can be stressful especially considering you know how long you've been in the faith you know depending mm. on that it, it depends on the person too yeah it depends on the person to. some too. people are more open than yeah, others and of and course because so. I know some people have more open mm. parents more open siblings others have very like direct and argumentative and very defensive parents and siblings mm. so there's so many situations and, it, and, and you know there's a there's a, a need for you know there's faith of course mm. right because again that that can that takes confidence you know to embrace the Yes, the uncomfortability, but also the weirdness of it. Like mm. it can just be weird. It's just like you're trying to talk to your, you know, your parent or you know your dad or, or a sibling. It's like it can just feel weird. And I remember this one time, right? I was I was you know trying to I was uh, speaking to my little brother, right? Introducing the gospel to him, introducing God to him. Mm. And this is a crazy moment I've had. Like where I, the enemy tried to use the word to make me feel bad, right? Mm. I was sharing the gospel with him, talking to him about Jesus, saying all this stuff, praying for him. He experiences love right there. He just starts crying. He experiences wow. God's love. It's a beautiful moment, right? Mm. I remember I started feeling so bad because there's a verse in the Bible that Jesus says, you know, he talks about like, you know, don't, you know, don't hurt the little children, right? Meaning like, you know, just what he says about like hurting little children, like hurting their faith and doing all this stuff to them. But I remember I didn't know the full context of that verse. And so I remember this, I, this happened, right? This beautiful moment. I was talking to my little brother. He, he just cries and it's just, it's, he's, he's tearing up and it's this beautiful moment. But I started feeling weird, man. I felt weird and that verse came to my head. It was almost like I started saying sorry because I did this. Because it, it was like a manipulation with the word. What? Yeah, bro. I'm telling you. This was a while ago. A very while ago. Like like this manipulation of like this verse that says, you know, don't, you know, don't touch the little children. Don't mess with the little children. Like, yeah. you know, like in, when Jesus says that verse and, and, and that part of it was brought to my head. And that made me feel bad about what I just did. But then, of course, my mind, I was like, but, but I'm doing what God wants me to do. Like, I'm sharing the gospel. Mm. I'm, how should, why should I feel bad? And so this battle I was having, and I was stressed, and I was like, I yeah. started feeling terrible. And I was like, and of course, looking back at it now, bro, like, first off, you know, it just could have been, uh, uh, you know, a lack of knowledge on my part. Mm. But also, it definitely could have been, like, maybe the enemy trying to make me feel bad about doing something amazing. Wow. Right? And it's, it's insane. And so, like, like I said before, like, we... we we need to embrace that that weirdness that we might feel going into it again considering what situation you're in you're gonna have mm. to like just embrace that weirdness and go in with some faith mm. right because and and we can keep on i can keep on going but you know but i'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you speak because i feel like yeah. i'm about no, to go man, about to go no, keep going i mean like, everything you said was was beautifully said um I think it's super dope that you were able to talk to your little brother about yeah, that. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that was an awesome experience it where was, you were able beautiful. to just minister to him and be like, yeah. yo, this is the gospel. This is this, yeah. this is that. And like I said, I feel like the enemy, the enemy hates that. Mm. You know, the enemy hates you like encouraging and, and showing the, presenting the gospel to somebody. Mm. You know, that's the enemy does not want that to happen. Yeah. And you doing that, the enemy's going to try, the enemy is going to try all he wants to make sure that does not happen and make you feel terrible and manipulate and do all this stuff. So you don't want to do that. Man. That's what I'm saying. Like it takes some, it takes, you know, that confidence, that faith mainly is what I'm talking about. Of just mm. like, like just being, you know, confident and, and having faith that God's going to pull through when you, when you, when you step yeah. out, like when you like, like speaking, I know for a lot of us, a lot of you guys listening, like, Going to go speak to, you know, your father or your mother or a sibling about your faith and telling them about Jesus, that is going to take some faith mm -hmm. on your part. And you, and I feel like you, feel like you, you know, you might, you might even feel it right now. 
mm-hmm. just thinking about going to that sibling or to that parent or to that or to that family member with the gospel you can just feel it it just you know it just maybe your heart drops or maybe you feel mm-hmm. a little scared that is going to take a step of faith yeah it will you know and and, and i and like i just say from experience too little by little you just get more comfortable you know you mm-hmm. just become more just like like man you need jesus you know yeah, and not yeah, in yeah. a judgmental way not like in a hateful truthful way but in a way with truth and grace and mm-hmm. right? there's truth there of like yes you need jesus but you know not being all truth and you're being hateful which is yeah. also something i have to say too right we have to watch out that we're not being judgmental with the gospel right mm. or, or or you know presenting the gospel or presenting jesus in a way that's almost like you know pointing fingers at them making them feel terrible right because there, there, there should be you know conviction is there right and the holy spirit will bring conviction the holy spirit will do this stuff for us he's the one doing everything right we don't do yeah. anything the holy spirit is the one that makes them that cause them to be saved but we should watch that our our approach and what we say isn't super hurtful and hateful. You know what I mean? Because like mm. sometimes we can just come. You know, I, I think there's been times for me where I've come across just like too too much. You mm. know, too too aggressive. You know, and it, that, that yeah, could, that could be a stumbling block for people. That reminds me of this um of this book that I'm reading right now, and it's called uh, The Reasons for God. I'm pretty sure. Mm. And it, I won't. Po- it, it kind of just breaks down, like I guess, misconceptions of the of Christianity and like kind of arguments against it, like whatever. I, I some some of that stuff. And one of them was what you just mentioned, where it was like, um, like fanatics of mm-hmm. of the re- of religion, and so they would like just throw the Bible yeah. down your throat and like, yeah. hey, like you're going to hell for this. Yeah. You're doing that. You're doing that. And so what it talked about is the misrepresentation of Christianity leading people astray from it, where it's like, I don't want to partake in that because that's... that's, I already already saw what that looks like. And so what they would refer to them as, they're too Christian. Wow. Those people are too Christian. And what the book said was, no, it's not that they're too Christian. It's It's that they're not Christian enough. Interesting. And so it was saying, because if they were too Christian they would know how to present the the word of God in a loving way, mm, in a way that I truly like that. represents Jesus. And so when it, it just blew my mind because it was like, yeah, I mean, even I've referred to people like that, like, oh, too Christian. Like, bro, like, well, I mean, all right, maybe I haven't said it like that, but I've thought yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, dude, these people are doing too much. Mm-hmm. But it's not that they're too Christian. It's that they're not Christian enough. Interesting. And so when we approach people um, in our families and in our friends that we want to, just see receive jesus Hmm. we need to be cautious of how we do it Hmm. because i've been so caught up with the logical side of things because people i I guess in my family are are very logical thinkers and and friends that i've dealt with they're very scientific they're very logical thinkers yeah and so originally my thing was okay if i can prove to them scientifically or or i guess prove that their points aren't valid then maybe they'll accept Jesus. Mm. But I realized as I as I tried to evangelize to these people, it was that's not gonna work. They can find like a losing battle there. Yeah. No amount of logic will ever get somebody to the the feet of Jesus. Right? It's not like if I prove to you that all right, Jesus, if I just all right, it's not scientifically proven right yeah. now that that Jesus was risen. Mm-hmm. 
they proved that he died on the cross. So it's like, all right, so if I come to somebody like that and say, listen, I just proved yeah. that Jesus is risen, they're going to be like, they're going to find another loophole. They're going to find another they're thing to be, be like, no, I don't yeah. believe it. No, I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. So no matter how much logic you throw at somebody, it won't get them to the feet of Jesus. Mm. What will is an experience with yeah. the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so that made me realize where it's like, whoa, like I can sit here and argue with this person for hours and be like, yeah. no, but this is the science behind it. No, but they discovered this, but they did this, but, but, but what about that? But what about that? And yeah, those are fun conversations to have and I enjoy them and I'm sure yeah. they do too, but that won't get them to give their life to Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And so it was, a, it, was a, it was a rapid moment of conviction for me <laughs> where it was like, whoa, I'm wasting my time arguing with them about science facts when i need to show them Who or or not is. show them but have like the holy spirit um show up in their life so that they may experience what i'm talking about because everything that brought me and keeps me in the faith is the love of god the the yeah just the love of god pretty much is the whole thing where it's mm. like that is my father yeah so instead of viewing uh, instead of these people viewing god as like this proven scientific like thing where it's like oh oh wait god created the universe like okay what they need is for them to see god as a father figure to feel that love from god and from jesus and and, and that holy spirit inside them to go whoa this is what's life changing mm. and another thing you said was and we we've, we've said it before about how the true thing that will change somebody's life is Jesus. Yeah. A lot of times we see difficulties in our families, people going through stuff, make, making bad decisions, and we feel really bad and we say, I, I wish I could help. I wish I could tell them like, don't do that. Don't do this. And then maybe even provide financial help, yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. But we need to remember that the best and the only thing that will truly transform them Mm. is jesus yeah. yeah and we can get caught up in like you know when we see the the actions that you know our family members do when we get mad mm. and we get sad like uh it, it's like you know like we said if we keep on just pointing at their sin mm. we keep on just like telling them that they're sinners that they're doing this wrong like that's not gonna help you know what i mean like yeah we like, we can hope that they just stop doing all they're doing. They stop making those mistakes. That they stop doing what they're doing. Yeah. That sin. That that whatever that's going on with it, that that they're, you know, um, indulging themselves in. You know, we hope and we wish they could stop. You know, and but like, like you said, what they need is Jesus. You know, mm -hmm. like it's not that you you clean yourself first and then go into the shower, right? Like you go into the shower and the shower cleans you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I know for a lot of us, we get so. You know, we get passionate, we get like angry, we get, ha we get like, you know, we want, because we want to see change mm. happen in our families. And so we just like point at all these things they do wrong. Yeah. And like, we like tell them, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that. And like, we can encourage them, hey, you know, and be loving, like, I don't think this is right for you anymore. But, but what will really help them is, is for you to present the gospel, right? Mm. And for and little by little, when you see opportunities, just like speak to them about, hopefully, you know, invite them to church, you know? Like and tell them to come to church. Tell them to go to church for a bit. Just experience it for a little bit. And yeah. That's all, you know. And, and then, as they just, you know, as as, as us too, like this will happen with me when yeah. you like as we keep on following Jesus, we just start, you know, we don't want to. I don't want to do that no more. Mm. You know, I, I don't know why. I don't. I know why I used to go to that, but I don't need to go to it anymore. 
And so we have these, like, just like everybody in the world has had these realizations when they follow Jesus, mm-hmm. so will your family members. But again, like, I think even though it's really tempting and it's really easy to judge others and like, you know, point our fingers, we, we, we you know, there is like a, we have eyes to see these things, right? So we can say, we can see what's yeah. wrong in their lives. But if we consistently always focus on their mistakes and the sins they do and pointing at them and, and, and their mistakes, like, you know, if anything, that'll just make them feel worse, yeah. you know, like presenting the gospel is the most amazing, most important decision you can do mm. to help your family, to help mm. your parent, your, your sibling, all that. Yeah. I know, um, like when you, when you bring somebody to church and they finally say yes to you and the only thing running through your mind is, yo, this worship better be fire. Mm. The sermon better be fire. This sermon better be the best sermon in the Please, world. Please, nobody... <laughs> Like, do anything weird. Do anything weird. Like everybody behave. <laughs> but I mean, jokes aside, um, we get so caught up in what we say and what what we do, and yeah. that we forget that the transformative power is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so it's not about uh, what song they played at church, mm. what exact words. You know, I, I've heard countless people, you know, ask me like, "What can I say to somebody in my family that is unsaved?" And I wish I could just give you the magic words that will just save everybody and be like, yo, if I just say this, they'll they'll just start coming to the church with me. And it's like, unfortunately, that's not how it works. But I do want to express the absolute power in prayer. I think that a lot of us brush past prayer as if it doesn't have an insane amount of power. Boy, appreciate that. And I I understand, I understand that a lot of us have been praying for these people for a long time. And it can get stressing, it could get overwhelming, it could be like, yo, like I've been doing this for years, God. I've been praying for this person for years. I don't see a difference. And it's discouraging. And maybe we get frustrated and we start pointing fingers again. We're like, hey, you're a sinner. Hey, like we just, like, ah, like you just want to shake them and be like, why don't you listen? Why don't you just give it a chance? Why are you like this? Why are you so hard hearted? We get discouraged and we get yeah. frustrated and we throw it on them. But I've, I've, I've heard several stories that I want to share about um, the power of prayer. And they're absolutely crazy. They are just such beautiful Man, stories. And it's like, wow. Prayer is so important. There was this young guy. I believe he was around 17 years old. He grew up in a Christian household. But uh, teenage years happens. He leaves the faith. He's like, I don't yep. want to do nothing with this. I don't yep. like it, blah, blah, blah. His, his mother. His mother uh, lived in another house, I think. Or she was just away. And she she started praying for his for her son. She was like, I need this guy, I need my son to get back into the faith. I don't want him to get lost and astrayed. And he was starting to, he was hanging out with friends and making bad decisions, yeah. whatever. And so what she did was she said she locked herself in, in a room and she said, I no matter how long it takes, I'm going to sit here and pray and pray for hours until God tells me and reassures me that my son will will be back in the faith and she did that for hours 
until finally God was like, I'll handle it. She was like, okay. And her son, her son was, um, was just going through her, uh, his father's library and he was just reading books and he came across a book called it is finished. And it talked about the, um, Jesus dying on the cross. And when he said it is finished and for whatever reason that stood out to him and he just started bawling his eyes out, sobbing and repenting. And he gave his life to Jesus and his mother came home and he ran out the door to greet her and to tell her the good news that he had like come to the faith. And she was like, you don't have to say anything. I already know. I already know. I already know everything. And it was crazy. It was just such a beautiful moment where it was like, wow, the determination in that woman. And the thing is for a lot of us, it's like, all right, yeah, she prayed for hours. Like uh, some of us have done that too. Hold on. I have more stories. Crazy. Oh shoot. Okay. I have more stories. And uh, by the way, I forgot to mention that the son ends up becoming one of the most influential people in the last like two centuries for Christianity. I'm I, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he he um he ends up being the the most important and crucial evangelist for China, like missionary for China, building like thousands of churches and Just schools and everything. <sighs> That's fine, that's fine, that's fine, fine. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I have it, I think I have it. There's a guy. Mm. I don't know what his name is. Maybe I've heard of him. That's amazing. No, I don't have it. It will remain a mystery. It will remain a mystery. Wow, unfortunate. Anyways, <laughs> um, another story. Um, all right, there's this guy. And he gave himself the challenge of, I'm going to pick five men that are unsaved, and I'm going to pray for them until they get saved five men okay all right and so he goes on his journey every single day rain shine sick whatever it is he's praying for these people every day he spends his time in his prayer closet praying for these people two years later the first one gets saved another five years later second one gets saved five years later ten years later third one gets saved but the last two, stubborn. They were hard-hearted, but he kept going. He kept going for 48 no years. No way, dude. 48 years. He ends up dying. When he dies, the two last people end up getting saved. Unfortunately, he never got to experience them being saved. But to him, that's not what it was about. To him was about expanding the kingdom of God and bringing these people to the feet of Jesus. Whether he experienced it or not, I mean, desiring to experience it is cool and all, but at that point it would be selfish to be like, oh, I want to do it because I want to see it. Mm. But it's not about me, it's about you being saved. Mm. Fifth, almost 50 years, this man spent every Damn. day praying for these people. Every day. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, what we want is for our, you know, whether it's our parent or our sibling, we want yeah. them to be in heaven. Yeah. We want them to experience the truth of Jesus, whether we get to see it or not. Like, you're right. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're the ones, you know, if we plant that seed, like the verse, the Bible says, you know, if we plant that seed and then, you know, people, other people water the seed or you water the seed, yeah. but the seed is the word of God. You plant that, that word of God into your family, you're, you're, you're bringing that seed into them and god brings the increase yeah 
is beautiful, man. That's so good. It is beautiful. And, and so I heard this thing by, by this pastor, and it was absolutely convicting to me. Okay. And I want to share it. Uh-oh. Convicting and I want to share it. So he says, he tells his congregation, he says, think about the family or friends that are unsaved right now. So everybody listening to this and watching, including me and Lewis, think about somebody in your family or friends that are unsaved. Okay. Picture them, picture their face. You got it? All right. If Jesus lived in your house and walked up to your room, knocked, and you let him in, and he told you, I'm going to answer every single one of the prayers you made last week, would there be anybody new in the kingdom of God tomorrow? Dang. Unfortunately, my answer was no. And so what it got me thinking was, are we praying for these people? Shouldn't it be our number one priority? Because if we said this is the most important and the most impactful way to help somebody and change their entire life, and they're our family and friends, would we give up on them? It's crazy. So why why do we feel sometimes like giving up with, on our family and friends? Yeah, it a long time passes, but we cannot forget the power of prayer. Faith, yeah. And so I felt that conviction and I was like, wow, like if I'm not praying for them, that's kind of the equivalent of me saying I gave up on them. Where I'm like, I have more important things to worry about, like praying for for my job and praying for stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, those things are important and God cares about those. But what about my family and friends that are unsaved? I'm thinking about this short time that we have on earth, but I'm throwing away their eternity. I need to pray for my family and friends. And the crazy part is, is God answers prayers. The Bible says you you do not have because you do not ask. Are we asking for for these people to experience the Holy Spirit? Consistently. We can't just, this is not just a one-time prayer where you pray one time and God, I pray that you save my father. No, dude, no. The transformation of somebody, especially hard-hearted people, it requires maybe even years of prayer that's insane but it's that commitment and that and that loyalty to the people that we love to say i don't want your eternity thrown away i am praying and battling for your eternity and i'm going to dedicate myself to praying for you because i love you and i care about you and there's nothing more that will change your life than jesus that to me was so convicting because it was like wow i need to start praying more and 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 there was um there was a moment where uh i was i was praying and i was praying really really hard and and i got and i realized i was just so grateful because i realized that all the prayers i had been making even if they were short ones and i had prayed about them months ago god had fulfilled them i felt like every single prayer god had answered and so it was it was crazy and i i had a funny moment where i was like Dang, like if God's, maybe I'm in a season where God's answering all my prayers, I'm going to start praying crazier things. 
And instantly I felt the conviction of like, buddy, it's not a season. Like you're supposed to be doing that all the time. That's called faith. Wow. Faith that your father will answer your prayers. That is what prayer is. You should be praying for big stuff beforehand. And so it was to me, it was like, wow, like I need to understand this power of prayer that God has given us. I need to pray harder. I need to pray on things that actually are important and, and impacting and be consistent with it. It's not a one-time prayer. It's not like I'm going to pray for, for six months and hopefully this person comes to faith. If they don't, maybe God doesn't want that to happen. Like, no. God desires for everybody to give their life to Jesus, obviously. And so we need to be consistent with that, with prayer. And we need to remember that power of prayer when we're praying for people that we love, prayer for people that... um that are in our circle and commit ourselves to that. It is the most powerful weapon that we have is prayer. And so are we using that most powerful weapon? Are we? To me, that was convicting. I don't know. I just wanted to share that with everybody. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Full conviction right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta, that's how I gotta felt. Gotta start praying, bro. <laughs> yep. Sheesh, that's good. When you said if I if I were to answer all of your prayers from last week, would there be anybody new in the kingdom of God? Dang. Oh. Ouch. Ouch. That's good. No, that's a really. I'm good like, dang. I should have prayed bro. for the whole world last week. That's, that's a really good encourager. <laughs> yep. Yep. And another thing I would say is, um, and we've talked about it with evangelism, but when we are trying to show people the transformative power of Jesus. A lot of times it's not done through just words. Hmm. How are you living your life? Are you demonstrating to the people around you that having Jesus in your life is all life altering? Mm, I like that. That is in that it's an absolute blessing. That it's worth like checking out like, whoa, I want what this guy has. I want who whoever that God is, I want to start worshiping it because that person's life. And it's not even about the things that this person has. It's about how they handle their life. So are we living a life that is showing the people around us that it's the most blessing to have Jesus in your life? How are we speaking? How are we presenting ourselves? Mm, where's our integrity? Where's our integrity? Are we, are we acting different? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is also Is fear holding us back powerful from representing play. Jesus at our house? Mm-hmm. Is fear holding us back? Fear is a big one, man. Fear. And like you said, like you shared, it's so much easier to just go to the street and talk about Jesus to a random person. But when it comes to somebody yeah. we live with. Yeah. And, and something with that too, which I heard from uh, Joyce Meyer, which I thought was amazing, which was like, you know, a lot of people that are in the church, you know, we're, we're so willing to, you know, bend over backwards and do all we can and serve and, and, and you know, like do all these things all these are really good things we're so willing to do these things for for the people in the church or or some random person or just all these really good acts mm -hmm. all these really good things to do we're so willing to do that for them but then when it comes to the people in our family mm -hmm. or our, fa our family member we're just not willing anymore it's like we have that which i thought was insane i was like dang man like <clears throat> which because I, I felt that like i you know there was a time where 
it, it's it or it's just it's just easier to do that. It's just like man, I, I can, I'll bend over backwards. I'll do all this stuff for this person in the church, and I'll I'll, I'll give money or give this. I'll do that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to somebody like in my family, and all of a sudden I don't want to I don't want to do that because I just get angry or I get mad or I don't, I don't yeah. deserve it. And it's just like dang, like you know, like it's a, it's a, it was a really good realization that. I definitely wanted to share because, you know, it, it, it can be a check. It can be like, yo, mm. like, remember your family. You know mm. what I mean? Like, don't do all this stuff for these people, but then neglect them. Yeah. Like, do the same to them. Even if, it, if, and if it feels like it's harder to do it to them, that's probably better. Yeah. It's probably better for your, for your character. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, what I think it is, is like, just having that faith, mm. stepping out in faith. When the opportunity arises mm. and fear comes in like crazy, push through the fear and the question is, are you available and are you willing? Mm. That's the question. You know, do you want to see your family saved? I understand it's weird. It feels weird. We're going to be putting weird situations. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But are you available and are you willing? Yeah. That's the question. Wow. Because when you answer that question, then mm-hmm. you can see change. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I would I would also give um, a few prayer tips for when you guys are praying for these people um, in your life that you want to be that you want to see be saved. Um, originally, a lot of my prayers were, um, "Father, I just pray that you know this person accepts Jesus, this person accepts Jesus, this person accepts Jesus." And yeah, it's a good prayer, but oh, what? I know you're gonna say. What am I gonna say? Are you gonna say? Father, I pray for opportunities to mm. speak to them and to yep. lead them to God. Yeah, that. I actually wasn't going to say that, but that's a good point. That's a good okay. prayer. That's, 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 that can be scary. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm saying. Because God's going to give it to you. God's going to give you that opportunity. <laughs> but also, God, I pray that they experience you in a way that they can't even describe. That they experience your love. Because that that's what we said, right? Like, oh, yeah, like and anybody can say the words, I accept Jesus as my yeah. Lord and Savior. But I want them to experience your transformative power. I want them to experience your love. Have them see something where they just see you and experience you and just want to start jumping with joy and telling everybody about you. Give them that experience, Father. Mm. Lord, and thank you. Because in the name of Jesus, they are saved already. Thank you that um, that my, my prayers are being answered, God. I pray that you, you just slowly start to soften their hearts to be more open to your word. Um, and yeah, I think, I think just praying that is just something so beautiful. So beautiful. And you'd be surprised. A lot of... I've heard a lot of stories of people that you expected the least to come to the faith. We're like, mm. dude, the hardest hearts you could ever imagine. And they were the first ones. God, listen. <laughs> God, God will do it. Man. God and his power is unbelievable. Do not limit God's power. Especially when it comes to saving people. Bro, God's like, I got you. I got you. So let's not give up on them. Let's not give up on them with prayer. Prayer is the ultimate expression of love for these people. Mm. When you pray for somebody, it is the best thing you can do. You giving me $30 is dope, 
and I love you. Thank you for the 30 bucks. But you praying for me will do me so much better than those $30. That is the ultimate expression of love. Where you're in your room and you're praying and this person is on your mind. And you're like, wow, I want to see them do the best. I'm going to pray for them. Mm. I want to pray for them. That is the ultimate expression of love. So let's, let's get consistent with our prayers for the saving of our family. Yeah. Let's push past this fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. I love it. I know it could be hard, guys. I know. I know it can be challenging. I know. I know it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. You don't want to be put in those situations, but if anything, the Holy Spirit will probably lead you into it. Yeah. And and I know it's better. It's uh, it's, it's fulfilling when you do it. It's fulfilling. And I know for a lot of you, you guys have been praying for years for this certain person that you're thinking of. And I pray against any discouragement from the enemy, any blindness to see they haven't changed at all, any lie that maybe your prayers aren't working or you're not doing something right and God mm-hmm. doesn't want to listen to you. And I pray for the opposite. I pray for encouragement, a fire inside you again, yeah. a revival of like, no, I need to get up my prayer game again. I need to start praying for these people and, and just start going crazy with my prayer and and expressing to them my, my love for Jesus and saying, God changed my life this way. Jesus changed my life this way and Jesus loves you and and he wants a relationship with you and I I know that that Jesus is just there standing with his open arms ready to receive you no matter what you are what you've done what you've said yeah. any of it he wants a relationship with you and so I'll just leave you guys with that a, a prayer of just awakening in our hearts and uh, just a strong faith and love for our prayers. But um, I hope this episode was encouraging to you guys. 100%. If you guys enjoyed it, if you guys got some wisdom out of it, leave a like, leave a comment, share the video. We love you. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you guys for the next episode. Peace out, everybody. Peace.